Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Welcome, everybody. This is the HR for Small Business podcast. My name is Brandon Laws, and today uh, I have a special guest, Susie Algood, and we're here to talk about a, an awesome subject. But before we do that, I wanted to mention that we started a new podcast at Zenium. It's called It's About People. So if you go to iTunes, type in It's About People, you can find our new podcast. And we're going to try to get out episodes on a weekly or biweekly basis with articles and fun topics in the realm of HR and leadership. And we're going to discuss those as a kind of a panel. So that's fun. So go to iTunes, type that in, and um, our new podcast, you can subscribe to it. So... Susie, we're going to talk about the legalization of marijuana in Oregon. So why don't you give us the overview up to this point? What What is this new law, Measure 91? Sure. So yeah, we, we've been getting uh, some calls and emails from our clients, a little concerned, wanting to know just how this might impact them. And so first, as you mentioned, it's good just to understand what the measure is and, and, and what it consists of. So Measure 91 passed in Oregon last November, and it goes into effect July 1st of this year. So July 1st, 2015. Measure 91 essentially allows the personal use and possession of recreational marijuana under Oregon law. It also gives the OLCC, which is the agency that's going to be tasked with writing the regulations. Liquor at, at this point, yeah. right? So they're they're um, they oversee alcohol. Now they mm-hmm. will have recreational yeah. marijuana to, to enforce this particular law. So they have the authority to tax, license, and regulate recreational marijuana. The Measure 91 does not amend or affect the Oregon Medical Marijuana Act, which is separate. Um, that's applicable to patients with qualifying medical conditions. So once the law takes effect, July 1st, adults 21 and older can possess up to eight ounces of marijuana and grow no more than four marijuana plants in their households, which is interesting. So there's some specific amounts here. Each adult can possess up to an ounce in public. However, it is unlawful to use marijuana in a public place in Oregon. Individuals 21 and older may also gift, which is interesting, (laughs) but not sell up to an ounce of marijuana. Uh, 16 ounces of marijuana products in solid form or 72 ounces of marijuana products in liquid form to other adults so they can share and and trade. The purchase limit will be one ounce. So there will be retail, Hmm. right, businesses that you will be able to go in and buy up to one ounce unless the liquor commission sets, sets a different amount. So that's that's what was written in the measure. So they could change that. So the measure actually lists four types of recreational marijuana licenses, a producer, a processor, a wholesaler, and retail. And they're not accepting applications for the licenses until January of 2016. So, you know, this year they're really going to be working through um, all the administration of, of this this measure and putting it into, into place. And, and so the whole kind of idea 
or benefit behind this measure, the way that it was sold, was that there is going to be revenue generated through taxes when this is implemented. And the measure stated that they rate that could range from 17 million to 40 million annually. You know, of course, we don't know for sure. But the distribution of the revenue after cost is designated for uh, K through 12 schools, mental health and chemical dependency services, the state police, enforcement of the measure and the Oregon Health Authority for Alcohol and Drug Abuse Prevention. So here we're talking about Oregon. But this is national news. There are other states. What are those other states that are that have already legalized it? And is it a very similar policy that they have or a similar law? Yes. Um, so we followed suit with Washington and Alaska and Colorado and now District of Columbia. So, you know, one, two, three, four, five states. And do you think, do you think uh, given the current administration at the federal level and then just where the states are going, do you think it other states will start adopting these laws? I mean, it's hard to know, but... It is hard to know. I mean, definitely, you know, it seems more of a liberal type of... um, But so you you mentioned earlier with the first question, there is revenue associated with this. So Mm -hmm. that's hard to ignore, especially if if you are collecting a lot of tax revenue from it. So I think... I don't know if enough time has gone by to, to know if it's been successful or not in some of those states like Colorado. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of see where it goes. Yeah. But really what we're here to talk about is what are the implications from an employer standpoint? Because uh, that is our audience. We have HR people and business owners listening to this podcast. So break it down. I mean, I think whatever what's on everybody's mind right now is are employers required because of the law? Are they required to accommodate the employees' use of recreational marijuana? Yeah, so in general, the good news is that the passing of Measure 91 will not change much for employers, really at all. So employers are not obligated to allow employees to possess or use marijuana while they're working under either the recreational marijuana nor the pre, the, the prior medical marijuana law. So there's no additional civil rights or employment protections associated with the measure. Oregon employers, they're not obligated to accommodate employee use of marijuana, even if it's for medical reasons. Uh, that the case Emerald Steel Fabricators versus Bowley um, has held up. So, uh, you know, when you have an employee who is, you know, comes up positive for either a pre-employment or random or probable cause drug screen and they have marijuana, for example, in their system and they produce a medical marijuana card. If the employer has a policy, uh, you know, prohibiting use or being under the influence of marijuana, they don't have to. uh, They can enforce their policy, in other words. They don't have to hire or maintain employment. Now, the, the caveat to that is if there's some other disability or underlying issue that's separate from that, then they're still obligated to evaluate coverage under disability law and, and possibly engage in that interactive process. Yeah, because one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I think you really just answered it, was it just a very broad level. Can somebody lose their job from smoking marijuana re- recreationally? And I think the answer, to your point, is it depends if their policy is stated a certain way. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to be clear about your expectations. I, I tell employers that this is similar to an alcohol-type mm-hmm. situation. Alcohol is a lawful substance, but 
you know, do you want to allow employees to come to work intoxicated or drunk, right? Especially for the safety-sensitive positions, this can pose some some serious risk for the employer and the employees. So I would treat it similarly. So if you, you know, have a, a philosophy or certainly if you have safety-sensitive positions and it's important that employees know that if they come to work under the influence of lawful or unlawful drugs. So, I mean, this we're talking including, you know, alcohol now, use of marijuana that's, that's lawful, um, and even prescription drugs that may impair their ability to safely and effectively perform their job. That needs to be spelled out in your policy and communicated up front so employees know the expectations. And talk about the testing part of it because alcohol, from, I'm not an expert in testing by any means, but my understanding is alcohol leaves your system a lot faster. But there, with marijuana, I th- I've heard it could stay in your system for up to like 30 days or maybe it depends on the person. But talk about that. Like what if somebody, an employee had smoked and then hadn't smoked for almost a month and there just happened to be a trace. I guess it depends on what their policy is, but talk about that. Yeah. So here's, here is the challenge, as you stated, that in marijuana can stay present in your system and show up in your bloodstream if you're tested, um, even though you may or may not be impaired, right? I mean, that's subject to interpretation. So generally, employers have had, who have a really strong stance on drug and alcohol use in the workplace, uh, there's a zero tolerance policy, which can mean that if there's any detectable trace of a substance in their system, it can mean termination for that employee. So this is why it's even more important for employers to be communicating that, hey, you know, if we have a zero tolerance policy and we have random testing or post-accident testing or probable cause and you as an employee are using lawful marijuana, you know, outside of work, if you get asked to take a test per your policy and it comes up positive, they could essentially be playing Russian roulette with their job, right? Because yeah. if it shows up in their system, the the employers definitely have the ability to enforce their policy. Now, with that, I would say that it's probably a good idea for employers to build in a last chance option into their uh, policy, which many employers already have that. But, but that gives them the discretion to evaluate each circumstance, you know, individually. And if, say, you have a long-term, highly valued, productive employee who ends up getting random screened or maybe a post-accident screen and he or she has, you know, marijuana in their system, you may want to try, you know, keep them, but also hold them accountable to a last chance agreement where they're obligated to consult with a treatment professional and be subject to random drug screens for a period of time in order to maintain their employment. So at this point for employers who perhaps only have an alcohol policy, this is probably a good opportunity to, to, to look at what their policy says and maybe add the marijuana or drug clause to it. Or how, how would an employer go about doing that? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, most employers that have, drug and alcohol policies, if they've been reviewed by Zenium or an employment attorney, they've already include all of the components. So they include a statement about its 
a policy violation to possess, be under the influence, sell, distribute, whatever, um, lawful or unlawful substances such as alcohol, marijuana, you know, all those drugs, including prescription drugs. So, so I would definitely say that if that is your philosophy and something that you want to enforce, you should be specific in that regard as well as the testing. The, the other piece is how are you communi- how are you reminding people of this policy and how are managers communicating expectations to employees in terms of, hey, this law is just passing, right? Just passed. And employees may have misconceptions about marijuana and how, even though it's legal, how it may impact them in their employment. So they need to understand if there's a zero tolerance policy, what that can mean. So they need to know up front whether lighting up or eating pot brownies at a party on the weekend can result in the loss of their job. So I think that's really the important piece is to get out your policy, do a review, make sure it says what you want it to say and what you're willing to enforce. Maybe look at that last chance option and then take this opportunity to remind employees and have interact in a discussion about it so that they're clear. You know, it's interesting in having this discussion and, and reading the material and just kind of hearing what's out there, it really sounds like nothing's changed. I mean, if you really look at, if you were doing things right in, in terms of your policies and communicating with your employees, really nothing's changed, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I mean, the only thing that's changed is that employees may not be totally clear on how it will be enforced now that, you know, marijuana is uh, is legalized. They may, you know, be naive. Yeah, well, because they, they may think because this is now a law and it's legal to to recre- recreationally use marijuana that now the employers have to be okay with that. That's possible. And they also may not realize how long it can stay in your system, mm-hmm. too. So I think it's worth educating people on that. Um, you know, and, and just clarifying your, your expectations. Yeah, and, and so for somebody who is unclear of what really the rules and, and, uh, how it should be treated at work, there's no difference between using it recreationally at home versus using it at work. I mean, that's the same, it's the same answer, right? Right. And if you're coming to work under the influence, yeah, it's just like drinking, it's just like drinking, right? Yep. So, you know, if you're coming to work under the influence, and, and therefore, presumably impaired, mm-hmm. then you're, you're, you know, you're, you're putting yourself and potentially others at some risk. So where do we go from here? I mean, what, what's the message employers should be giving to their employees? Yeah. So I think, again, just, you know, dusting off those policies, uh, you know, making sure that they are updated to your, to your standards and that employees are reminded and that they have the opportunity to ask questions if they have them. Um, and, you know, and I think we've, you know, we realize with all the, the changes, regulatory changes and all of these local laws passing that we, we need to stay abreast of, of what's going on. And we also need to be a little flexible because this could change. It very well could change. This yeah. could change. It's, again, it's still illegal at a federal level. So yep. <laughs> it could change at any moment. Yeah. And so, yeah, as you said, mar- you know, marijuana still remains illegal under federal law. And President Obama and his administration has not asserted any influence over the states that have legalized recreational marijuana. But it could be interesting to see if things change with with the Congress and the, the upcoming election. Interesting. So 
the the message is let's let's kind of sit and sit and wait and see what happens if it changes. But as far as the law is today, it's I mean it's pretty set in stone, right? Yeah, and I would say if you have there's a great resource on the Oregon government site that has some good FAQs. That could even be something that you share with your leadership team and your employees so that they are educated about it. Um, and that information is at www.oregon.gov slash OLCC. And as OLCC is is writing the regulations and um, deciding on some specifics around how this will be enforced, uh, I'm sure information will be released and published on that site. Fantastic. Anything else simpler to know at this point? I think we pretty much all covered everything, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, employers have varying philosophies and positions on, on drugs in the workplace. And, and certainly that has to do with the type of work that you do, the culture that you want to create in your own personal values. And so, you know, I think whatever that is, it's always a good idea to to be clear and communicate that to people so they know what to expect um, when coming to work and they can just really focus on, on, on doing a good job. Awesome. So we'll put links and resources up on, on the blog with this podcast. And if you have any questions, uh, leave them for, for Susie or me and, and we'll, uh, we'll try to get them answered as fast as we can. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.